You are listening to the weekly podcast of Bethlehem Temple Church in Middletown, Ohio. We pray you enjoy today's message. Greetings in the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a day to be saved and in the land of the living. My name is Pastor Roger Smith from Bethlehem Temple, First Pentecostal Church in the city of Middletown, Ohio. And we are so grateful that you have come out today in person during this inclement weather. But we also thank God for those of you who are watching online. And we pray that God will continue to give all of us safety. At this time, we've already had our prayer and Sister Joy and Brother Hall already led us in our devotion. So I'm going to get right to our text and it's found in the book of Job, chapter number 42, a very familiar text of scripture to this morning. As you can see that even our camera setup is a little different today. Uh, we had a little bit of technical difficulties, but we were determined to be able to broadcast this for those who would want to see this service on today. Job chapter number 42. And I'm going to hear, read in your hearers, you don't have to stand this morning, but in verse number four it says, I beseech thee, I will speak, I will demand of thee, and declare thy unto me. Verse five, I've heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye seeth thee. Wherefore I abhorred myself and repented in dust and ashes. Look at verse number five. It's, another translation says it like this. My ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. The New Living Translation says, I only heard about you before, but now I have seen you with my own eyes. I would like for you to think upon the subject for the few moments we have today, lessons learned from the school of suffering. Lessons learned from the school of suffering. Father, in the name of Jesus, we ask your blessings to be upon this service. We thank you, Lord God, for those who came out, Lord God, in this weather, and we thank God for even those who are watching and those who will be watching. Let the word of God fall on good ground. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer, and all God's people say amen. Lessons learned from the school of suffering. One of the greatest difficulties in life is coping with suffering. Especially when you or when someone you love is going through. Isn't it amazing how easy it is to tell somebody, oh, you can make it when it's your family? Isn't it easy to tell folk? How God can bring you through it when it's not you. But when we look at it, we find out then that suffering is a part of the process that God has in store for us. And I'm not saying that we ought to go out and look for suffering. We should not. It's no more virtuous than uh, any of the other things. But God allows things to come in our lives to develop things in us that needs to be developed. When we look at this, we oftentimes have this misconception that if we really love God, if we really are faithful, if we come out in this kind of snowy weather, almost five inches, probably a snow, God loves me and why would God allow things to happen to me? The thing about it is, suffering is a part of the human condition. Can I get an amen? amen. 
Some of the greatest heroes in the Bible, whether you speak about Jeremiah being thrown in a cistern, whether you think about Habakkuk and the things he wrestled with, First Peter was written to those early Christians about suffering. Hebrews was written about suffering. Uh, most of Paul's epistles was written, or a third of them, while he was in prison. And some of the Psalms was written when those a psalmist was going through some very tough times in their life. Now, when we took our text from the book of Job, Job is a manual on suffering. It is a divine manual on how to go through things that we need to go through. See, somebody said it like this. Either you have or you are right now or you will be very soon visiting the University of Suffering. The University of Suffering is something, Brother John, you cannot get out of. I know we have positive confessions. I know that we hold on to those words that we speak. Yes, and I believe in that. But there comes a time that the, the positive confession will only get you so far because suffering is something that we have to learn to go through them for ourselves. And it's not something that we can take online. It's not something that is just a prerequisite that we can just bypass it. But it's something that we got to learn that we've got to go through. See, there's often classes that you can take in college, in higher education, that you can have somebody else basically take it for you. But the Bible says, if you suffer with me, you're going to reign with me. In other words, suffering is a part of what God is doing in our life. And there are some very valuable lessons we can learn. It's unfortunate that we have made Christianity a, a, a religion of comfort. We have made it a, a something of convenience. We have made it something where I, I get my way all the time and I want to be on a picnic. But if you look at the early church and even if you look at uh, uh, certain countries now, they are suffering for their faith. Some of us remember the song, Spirit of the Living God, Fall Fresh on Me. It says, break me, make me, mold me, fill me, make me over again. That ought to be our desire this year. Lord, let your spirit fall fresh on me. Do it again. But oftentimes, God uses the tool. Say tool. God uses the tool of pain and suffering to get us to where we need to be. Can I get an amen? amen. Think about it for a moment. The ark didn't move until it started raining outside. It took the storm. It took the rain. It took all the things. No matter how much preparation Noah did, it wasn't until it started raining that the ark started getting closer to God. Don't you know that we move closer to God in the midst of our tests, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our tribulation, not like we do oftentimes in times of comfort? Now, let's just be honest. Most of us are more dutiful when we got problems. Most of us are more diligent when we have things going against us. That's one reason the psalm says, it was good that I was afflicted. Because in my afflictions, I learned to walk in your ways. Now, when we look at it, then we find that there's four points or different levels of pain or suffering that we can go through. First of all, there can be physical pain. 
It can be permanent or temporary. When we look at Job, we find in chapter 2, he had boils on him. We find out in chapter 2, verse 8, he was itching all over. We found out there was a drastic change in his appearance. Chapter 7, that speaks about worms and running sores. And he would have been a mess to look upon. And this was an indication of what Job had to go through for months, many scholars believe. But I just want to touch on something here very quickly. Those boils were something people can see. Those boils were something people could recognize. But how many people, how many of you here today are going through something that folk can't see? How many times do people have to suffer in silence? How many times do people have to deal with things on the inside because you don't see the hurt, you don't see the pain, but it's still just as traumatic as if you had the balls, just as if you were scratching, just like Job was going through. That's why we got to be having a discerning spirit and say, Lord, let me not only see the people who's got the outward things that they're going through, but let me be sent to the folk who are, si who are suffering in silence. We also see here, point two, he suffered or we can't suffer when we lose relationships. When, when we lose someone or that relationship is damaged, when people walk out of our lives and in Job's situation, Job lost his kids all in a span of one day. Wouldn't that be traumatic? Wouldn't that be uh, something that we could never imagine, lose seven kids or ten kids, and all of a sudden it, it, you just lose it all just like that, one after another. You lost your family, you lost your fame, you lost your livestock, all within a short period of time. We find out, no doubt, in, in this he had some spiritual issues that he was going through. See, suffering oftentimes make us either get a hold of God or in sometimes folk let God go. Because in suffering, Job no doubt thought, why is the righteous suffering? Why, if I'm doing everything right? It speaks of Job's character. He was upright. He was a righteous man. He led his family in devotion. He did all those things. And yet, he found himself in the midst of a mess. You might find yourself in the midst of a mess right now. And you might be thinking, what have I done wrong? No, Job didn't go through what he went through because he done something wrong. Job went through something because he was doing something right. See, God don't just test you because of things going wrong. But he said, have you considered Job? Have you considered this man? This man will walk with me in spite of what you do to him. Yes, I'm only going to let you go so far. But Job is not following me for the fishes and the loaves. Could you imagine the emotional attack that Job had to deal with? And we deal with stress, opposition, and depression, and grief and all these other problems and there might be some out there that are dealing with addiction and all these things but the thing about it is that we all will suffer something in this life if you live long enough now very quickly I want to go through this now there's several sources of suffering I'm going to touch on them very quickly sometimes we suffer only because we live in a fallen and a broken world when we see things happening out in California, the, the, the tidal waves, even uh, what things are going on in our world today, because of a broken world, we all suffer. 
We see a baby that passes away and they say, you serve a good God and God will allow that to happen. God allowed child molestation to happen. God allowed murder to happen. God did not allow it because we live in a fallen world. These things are part of it. Number two, we suffer oftentimes because of our own foolish choices. Because we make bad choices, there is repercussion. Galatians said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that will you reap. Oftentimes we suffer because of our own bad decisions. Other times we suffer because of the folk we hang around with. And sometimes we suffer because Satan wants to devour us as we. But what I want to focus on today is the fact that regardless of how we're suffering or what we might be going through, the pain that you might be feeling, whether it's loneliness, whether it's rejection, whether it's isolation, whether you feel like you got low self-esteem, God is there to help us get through whatever we're going through. And there are lessons that we can learn if we trust in him. How then do we respond when the bottom drops out? First of all, James tells us that we ought to count it all joy when we fall into diverse temptation. I, I like the Message Bible. It says it like this. Consider it a sheer gift when tested and challenges come your way. How many of us look at trouble and pain and suffering as a gift? How many of us look at it as an opportunity for God to get the glory? How many of us look at the opportunity saying, yeah, I might be going through today, but when God finished writing the script of my story, I shall come forth as pure gold. How many have God, things God allow us to go through that he's got us on display like he did Job and his friends coming to him and saying, Job, you don't sin. Job said, I ain't sin. They saying, confess. Job said, I ain't got to confess or nothing. And God will put you on a platform and allow folk to criticize you and talk about you. But then when God brings you out, God will show them, show other people that he had his hand on you all the time. The Philip translation says, with all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your life, my brothers, don't resent them as intruders, but welcome them as friends. Now, so when we look at this particular, the, the gist of this particular message, we find that Suffering teaches us and has some lessons. First of all, suffering has a way of bankrupting us and making us dependent on God like we never would have before. Paul tells us in First or Second Corinthians chapter twelve, when Paul had a thorn placed in his flesh. He prayed three times that God would remove him. And if you go to some folk, they would have never even prayed this because they would have saw this as a negative confession. But Paul said, this is what I'm going through. This is what I'm battling. This is what I'm going. And I'm asking you, God, to remove this from my flesh. But the Bible says that God responded to Paul. Now, if anybody can get a prayer through, it was Paul. If anybody can know how to reach the throne of grace, it was Paul. So just because God hasn't answered your prayer doesn't mean he hasn't heard you. It may not be your timing yet, but just hold on to God's unchanging hand. So he responds back to Paul and says, my grace is sufficient for you. Somebody yell grace. grace. Under Minister Garway today, we talked about grace. 
And we talked about most of all about saving grace. But don't you know there's saving grace, there's keeping grace, there's sustaining grace. Whatever you need, God's got a grace for you. So even when you go through it, God says, my grace is enough. How many of us ever said, I can't take no more? I've said it plenty of times. How many of you ever felt like I'm overwhelmed, I'm getting ready to snap like a rubber band, my mind's getting ready to pop? And you find out in the midst of that, God will walk right beside you and God will give you grace to go through it that when he brings you out, you'll say it was nobody but Jesus. So therefore, Paul says, therefore, I rather boast in my infirmities. Watch this. That Christ's power might rest upon me. In other words, Christ's power is rested or made more manifested when we're going through. When people are waiting for you to fall and you're still standing. When, when folks, when you still got your child and you still got your joy and you're still singing, oh, what a mighty God we serve. And people seeing your world around you collapse. All of a sudden, they see God's manifestation or his presence rest upon you. And I'm telling you, what we need today is more of his presence resting upon us. So suffering then teaches us, and it makes us more dependent upon him. Let me read that just from the Amplified Bible. But he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. My loving kindness and mercy is more than enough. It says, my power, watch this, is being perfected and is completed and shows itself most effectively in your weakness. Paul says, so I, I'd rather be weak so God can get the glory. I, I, I'd rather deal with my suffering right now so God can be magnified. I, I, I would rather go through what I'm going through now so God can be lifted up. Paul realized that living the Christian life was more about pleasing him than trying to please his own self. He said, I'd rather go through it that people will see Christ in me and his power rest upon me. What it teaches us that God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. Minister Ella Myers touched on this often. She quotes the first, that Christ be formed in us. Oftentimes we think we come to Christianity for just an easy ride, for no challenges, no struggles, and we think something wrong is uh, happened to us or we sin because we're going through it. But the Bible tells us we ought to expect trouble. We ought to expect persecution. He said, them that live godly, you shall suffer persecution. I love it because Hebrew tells us in Hebrews 12 and 11, no discipline seemed pleasant at the time, but it's painful. But later on, it's producing righteousness in us. In other words, God will allow us to go through things because he's producing something in us. God is doing something that, in other words, like the old folks would say, he's either working something in us or he's working something out of us. But rest assured, he's working. Can I get an amen? amen. If you're glad he's working on you, give me an amen. amen. Because if he wasn't working on us, he would have gave up on us. 
But because he's still working on that means I'm still valued. That means I'm still his child. That means he still loved me. That means he still cared for me. And because he cares for me, he's going to do what it takes to get me to where I need to be to fulfill my divine purpose. Romans chapter 5, verses 3, it says, not only that, but he said, we boast in our afflictions. Knowing that our affliction is producing endurance. See, any dead fish can go downstream. It takes a live one to go upstream. When we go through things, it's producing something in us that we thought we could never make it. We thought we could never get through. And if the truth be told, we suffered in silence. But when God brings us through it, God not only get the glory, people look to him and all of a sudden they say, man, how are you standing? Wow, how did that happen? And you can point to the cross, you can point to the Savior, but you got to learn to deflect the praise all back to God. That's right. I use this illustration often, and it's worth repeating. They tell me in the uh, New Testament, the Old Testament time, they would purify gold, they would have those big melting pots, and they would heat the gold, and all of a sudden the impurities would rise to the top. And they said that the goldsmith would know that the gold is pure when they scrape off the impurities, when they can see themselves in the gold. God will allow us go through the trials of our faith and all of a sudden he knows we are ready when he can look in our trials and see himself. He don't want to see our complaining. He don't want to see the old Roger. He don't want to see us trying to fix it ourselves. But when he sees, looks down in the gold and see his reflection, he said, that's what I'm looking for in this trial. Not only that, what suffering does, it teaches us to be more compassionate towards other people. Can I get an amen? amen. One thing I don't want is somebody trying to preach to me who ain't been through nothing. What I don't want is somebody to trying to tell me how to do this and how to do that, and they haven't lived it yet. I'm not saying they've gone through everything I'm going through, but unless you go through the schools of hard knocks, there's some things you're just not qualified to say. And oftentimes because we haven't gone through things, we have less compassion on other people. But when you have fallen, when you have struggled, when you are struggling, when we see other people going through those things, we realize that I can have compassion on them because if God helps me in what I'm going through, God can help them also. Can I get an amen? So compassion or suffering teaches us to be more compassionate towards other people. Also, suffering teaches us the greatest good of the Christian life is not the absence of pain but the likeness of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Romans tells us a very familiar text, and we know all things work together for the good to them that love God and to them that are called according to the purpose. This is one of the most misquoted, misapplied verses in the entire scripture because we apply this universally. In other words, somebody who don't even love God, we say it's working for your good. No, he's saying for those who love God, don't let me hurt your feelings. He said, those who love God, 
all things work together. Because we are his children, he will discipline us and put us in check. But if you don't love God, then this verse don't apply to you. It applies to those who love him. And even though in the process, we don't see it working for our good, we don't understand how it's working for the good, but this is one of the greatest promises of assurance that when I come out of it like Job, I shall come forth as pure gold. God is going to get the praise. God is going to get the glory. And God is going to make it work out for my good. How many of you glad about it today? Because the devil will tell you you're going through it for nothing. The devil will tell you, look who's talking about you. The devil will tell you, Folk know your business. It's all on the internet. Folk will tell you all these different things. But God says, if you're going to bake a cake, you got to add a little flour. you got to add a little sugar, a little bit of salt. And when you mix it all together, you can make something beautiful. God said, I will take even the sour places and the messed up places in your life, even the broken places in your life, even the places of confusion and the places of hurt that you let nobody in. God says, I see it. And God says, I will take those places in your life and recycle it for your good. I'm not going to throw it away. I'm not going to discard. I'm going to work it into who I want you to be. Amen. Tell your neighbor, nothing's wasted. Nothing's wasted. Our pain, our tears, our sorrow, our, the misunderstandings we have when people do things against us. When we love God, nothing is wasted. God has promised he's going to make it all work for our good. Think about it in my devotion today. I was thinking about, I was reading about Joseph and how Joseph, all the things he went through. And Joseph, when he finally met his brothers, he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. God brought me to the place before you to save your life. God might be allowing things to happen to you to prepare you for your family, for your neighborhood, for folk on your job. So when they get there, you'll be there to be a blessing for them. Can I get an amen? amen. Lastly, suffering teaches us a hope of an eternal home called heaven. We used to sing the song, and Elmira sings it every now and then, City Called Heaven. We don't sing about it much because we don't made this our heaven down here now. But the fact of the matter is, now that we our congregations get a little older, you get a little bit more homesick. Because you realize that our bodies are failing. We realize that we got more time behind us than in front of us. We realize now that these bodies, and we're not going to be here to stay, take all the vitamins, work out is all you want to do, and I do all that. But I still realize I'm one step closer to the grave. But I'm so glad that no grave is going to be able to hold my body down because I'm working on a building, and I'm looking, and I'm walking for a kingdom called heaven somewhere. Think about it. It, it. it takes us suffering sometimes to do what? Make us want to let go of stuff. It doesn't suffering want to uh, sometimes make you want to let go of the world, let go of things you can't hold on to, to go to heaven. Think about it for a moment. 
You're going to a place where there's no tears. You're going to a place where there's no sorrow. There's going to a place there's no regret, no bitterness. There's no bills. There's no politicians there. There's no holes in the road and all those things that we deal with now here. There's no debt. There's no false teeth. There's no bald heads if you want some hair. There's none of those things you got to deal with in heaven. Heaven is going to be a place where the Bible says the streets are paved with gold. And when we suffer down here, we ought to be looking for a city whose builder is not man, but made of God. I'm glad I got more than what I'm living down here. Some folks said your best life Man, if this is my best life, somebody done cheated me. No, oh, come on now. If this is my best life now, and I live a good life, I'm not complaining. But I'm saying if this is the best in this, and there's nothing else to come, then we've been cheated. But because heaven is a real place, heaven is a prepared place for real people, all of a sudden when we go through suffering, we start saying, I'm going to heaven one day. So therefore, Paul realized that the light afflictions that I'm going through now, what is it doing? It's working for me. To tell your neighbor, it's working for me. It ain't working against you. It's working for you. You're paying dividends into heaven. And I just imagine when we get there, the things that we've gone through, God is going to remove all the pain, all of the sorrow, all of the greed, and then we'll say it was worth it all. It was worth everything we're going through. The lessons that we can learn through the schools of suffering. Lessons that we can't get from anywhere else. Don't try to avoid it. Don't try to grab to it. But realize that God allows things to come into our lives to for our... Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.